Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello. Am I on? Do I have power? I mean, like, battery power. Hey, how are you? Hey, good to see you. Uh, we're going to teach on some things related to fathers today. Um, more about the, the, the feels of the father. Maybe you've heard the sins of the father. This is going to be about the feels of the father. Before we get into that, we're going to take an offering together. Uh, so if you would pray with me, that'd be, that'd be lovely. God, thank you for that time of worship. Thank you for Father's Day. For those of us who have been blessed with kids that we would just be able to remember the gift that we've been given, the blessing that we get to take part in, the miracle that you gave us. We just pray for anybody in the room who's um, struggling with their father on Father's Day, that you would come and you would begin doing a new work, that something would change, something would break open, that you would give favor to them. We pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, they're going to pass those things along, and uh, we're going to jump into it, okay? So... Today, the feels of the Father. We're going to talk about feelings, because dads love talking about feelings, right? What I want to talk about is that we need to talk to our feelings. We need to talk to our feelings. Um, the reason we need to talk to our feelings is because uh, our feelings can get us in major trouble. If you're somebody who says, ah, yeah, I just, you know, I want to follow my feelings, you're going to be in jail soon. <laughs> like, feelings will get you in trouble. Your feelings are real, but sometimes they're not true. Sometimes your feeling isn't true. Sometimes I have the wrong feeling for the wrong situation. When my kids get hurt, I have anger. I have immediate anger, and I don't even know what it's for. Is it anger that I didn't catch them before they hit the ground? Is it anger that they were being reckless, not careful enough? They didn't do what I said? I don't know. But instead of running over to be helpful, it's like they get a double whammy. They get hurt, and then they get yelled at. <laughs> like, and I... I don't want to do that at all, and so I want, to, I want to be able to take hold of my feelings. I've been doing better with that particular one, but just to say that your feelings are not in charge of you. Sometimes um, people will argue that, that, well, that's just the way that I feel. Your feelings are not in charge of you. You're in charge of you. Your feelings are just a, a thing that goes on during that, and so sometimes you have to tell your feelings about your faith, uh, about the truth. Because a lot of times your feelings will come in and they're negative, they're not helpful, they're incorrect, they're, they need an attitude adjustment, they're false. 
They're lies from the enemy sometimes. We're going to look at Luke chapter 19, verse 36. This is what Jesus did. Jesus uh, told his feelings about his faith. It says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. This is when Jesus is very near to the cross, when he's very near to the, uh, you know, his crucifixion. And Jesus, you know how Jesus is feeling as this gets closer and closer, as the time is about to to come, uh, he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go to the cross. He tells his father, uh, I don't want to do this, but if you want me to do it, I'll do it. He said, not as I will, but as you, as you will. And so sometimes we have to speak truth to our feelings. What, what Jesus figures out is he says, uh, the truth is, my father wants me to do this. And I said I was going to do it. It's been the plan all along. And so I got to go through with this. Sometimes the way that you're feeling is almost the opposite of what's actually true. Some of you feel like God doesn't love you. The truth is the truth in scripture, the truth in the experiences of believers all over the world, the truth is that you are loved by him more than you can possibly imagine. That he knows the number of hairs on your head. That he is on your left and your right and protects your rear guard. That he has prepared a place for you. That he says uh, has been made especially for you and that you're going to go and you're going to live in the community of heaven with Jesus himself and that he's built a house for you there. Does he love you? Oh my God, does he love you? Some of you feel like you're alone. The truth is that he says he's never going to leave you. Not only are you not alone, but he's already there. He's already there. He's not going anywhere. Scripture says if you go to the door and you knock, it will be open to you. And Jesus is on the other side. That he's not hard to find. He's not somebody who's hiding. He's the one who's chasing after you. He's the one who leaves the 99 sheep behind because he lost one and he goes after the one to find it. Some of you are the one sheep and you didn't think you were worth finding and he came or he's heading towards you. He's the hound of heaven. He'll find you. So I'm talking about speaking truth to your feelings. If you feel worried, maybe you need to look at what the truth is, that God says he will supply all of your needs. You're worried about money. He says he's going to supply everything that you need and not just supply it, but that he will, he will bless you. If you feel like you're a victim in some way, that so many things have just happened to you, and so uh, if, if people understood all the things that happened to you, then they would, that, they would know why I don't have a job. They would know why uh, I am the way I am. They would know why da 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 If you feel like a victim in some way, the truth is you are called an overcomer 
in Scripture. You are an overcomer. You are not a victim. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Luke 19, it says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and he saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Jesus began to weep. Why did Jesus weep? So why was Jesus heading there? This is the Son of God. Why is he going? He's going there to bring life to this life of, of abundance to people. He's going to seek and save the lost. He's going to proclaim good news to the poor. He's going to give recovery of sight to blind people. He's going to set prisoners free. And when he says prisoners, he means people who are imprisoned by whatever it is that imprisons us. They're imprisoned by fear. They're imprisoned by greed. They're imprisoned by whatever it is. And that he didn't come for the righteous people. He came for the sinners. And he got in trouble for eating with them, for mingling with them. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came to share the love of his father. And so Jesus is looking over Jerusalem as he heads in, and what he saw just tore him apart. It made Jesus cry. Matthew 23 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. And so what is the thing that makes Jesus sad? The feel of sadness. For Jesus, it's whenever he's wanting to love people. He's wanting to protect people. He's wanting to comfort people. He's wanting to heal people. He's wanting to just be with us, and, but he can't. He can't for some reason, and that is the thing that, that crushes Jesus. Here's what we're going to look at. Three ways that you can experience Jesus in the, in the fatherly sense. Um, I know Jesus isn't normally considered the father, but he is, he is still a father to us, and he has been. It's the, you know, the Trinity. We, we can't get into all that. Three ways that you can experience Jesus as the Father. The first one, um, we're going we're gonna to look at that you, you have to take one step, at least one step towards your Father. Take one step towards your Father. Have you guys ever seen like the painting? I don't have a picture of it, but the painting of, on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And it's, uh, I think, it, is it Michelangelo and God? Is that who it is? And it's both of them. They're reaching out to touch hands and they're super close their fingers are super close but if you look at them God is outstretched ridiculously as far as he can like pulling muscles and Adam is like this mm. that's how we are most of the time too we're like how much effort do I have <sighs> look at it next time you're gonna laugh in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells this emotional story that um, this story is what brought my sister to Christ when she was in, in the hospital. Uh, my sister had been shot by a pimp. Uh, she was shot in the back, and she was put into the trunk of a car, 
Uh, that car was in an accident. She was ejected from the car, and she was badly, badly injured. Uh, she was in the hospital for maybe was it three weeks, maybe. In the hospital for three weeks, and during that time, we read through this story that I'm going to talk about for a few minutes, and she gave her life to Christ at that time. She's been following Jesus since then, and um, this is just a story that hits people in different ways. Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the story of this, a story of a father's love, a story of sons and how they, how they treat their father. This is the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the summary would be that there's a father who is a good man. He has a good business. He is wise and he's wealthy. And he had two sons, uh, a younger son and an older son. The older son was the, the goody two-shoes son. He was the one who followed all the rules, uh, just was like his dad's assistant. He just, you know, straight and, and narrow. If, if his little brother was not being honest or not being as straight and narrow, then he would go after him. The younger brother went wild. Sometimes we have kids that go wild. Yes? And you're like, what the heck happened to that one? I thought that one was good. Right? Sometimes that happens. And unfortunately, it happened to the dad in this story. His younger son goes off the rails, and it kind of starts when he says, I want to get out of here, dad. Give me my inheritance now. I want it now because I'm not waiting, and I'm not going to be around here when you kick it. I want my inheritance now. I think in any culture, anywhere, this is rude beyond belief. Like, I don't think this is okay anywhere, where he says, give me blessings and riches without a relationship at all. Like, I'm giving up my relationship with you. That's not really worth it, but give me the money. And it's just arrogant, it's, it's rebellious, it's an entitled son, and he was just using his father. This is an insult. He asked for his inheritance early. Dad, I, then when dad doesn't really want to do it, he says, I wish you were dead. Dad, I wish you were dead. And so dad gives him the money. He gives him his portion of the inheritance. And it says that he went off in wild living with it, and it was super fun for a while until it wasn't fun. And he ran out of money, and when he ran out of money, it says that he ran out of friends because they were around for the money. When he ran out of friends, he ran out of hope because he was left by himself, and there wasn't TikTok. I mean... Like, there wasn't anything to numb the pain with a digital device. And so he was just left thinking about who he was. He hits rock bottom. How in the world did I end up here? Oh, my God, who am I? What did I do? The worst part for this younger son, it wasn't the guilt or the shame or the regret. It was when he realized that he was far away from his father, that he had severed something with his father. And some of you, 
I know you can relate with that. You're not as close with your dad as you want to be. Some of you are just not close to your heavenly father as you want to be. And maybe you used to be closer. Like you used to be closer to God. Maybe you used to be closer to your dad. And all of a sudden you're not as close anymore. And you didn't intentionally do that. You didn't even make a decision to do that. It wasn't, it wasn't deliberate. You didn't plan on walking away from them. You just kind of drifted, right? Kind of drift when you're in a canoe. You never drift uphill either. You didn't even notice at first. It was just little by little. Um, and maybe you took dad for granted. Maybe you took God for granted. And then it got to this place where you couldn't go to church for some reason. You missed a couple weeks. And then you missed three weeks. And then you missed eight weeks. And then you missed, and you just, it's just hard to get out the door. We have, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on. And, and so you didn't go to church for a long time. Then you stopped uh, watching the streaming services like you're like well I, I don't I can't go but I'll, I'll watch some stuff online <laughs> then you stopped the streaming then you stopped your serving you stopped your praying you stopped your reading you just you just kind of drift there anyways the young son so he goes off and he does what many of us do some of you went wild didn't you anybody anybody go kind of wild yeah I went kind of crazy He goes out and he parties his brains out. And so this is a rebellious kid. He's probably drinking four locos. <laughs> he hits bottom. It says that he's living with pigs. And he's, he's trying to compete with the pigs to get slop. Because that's all. He has no money. He has no job. He has no anything. And so there's this powerful moment in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's Hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. And so he comes to his senses, and he, he, he goes, oh my God, it was so much better with my dad. It was so much better with my dad. What, did, what have I done? He knows that he screwed up really bad. Um, he has done some really bad things while he was out there. Um, he told his dad he wished he was dead. And so he's heading back home, and he's planning the apology speech. Have you ever done that, like on your way somewhere, and you're like, okay, how do I, how do I get this to work? He knows he sinned. He said, okay, here's what I'll tell my dad. I have sinned. I'm a loser. I'm not worthy to be your son. Please just take me back, and I can be like one of your hired help. And so maybe um, you hurt someone in some way. Maybe you lied to somebody and it ruined something. Uh, maybe you've lusted and that has gotten you in major trouble. Maybe you lost your intimacy with, with God. Maybe you lost um, your, your relationship with your dad. And so the young son feels dirty. He feels unworthy. He feels unlovable. Uh, but he does take a step towards his father. 
He takes a step towards his father. And on this journey towards him, there is healing and forgiveness and joy that starts happening. And it starts with just a step. This son doesn't have any idea that his father loves him more than he could ever possibly imagine. He has no idea that his, his dad would do anything for him. And so every day, the father's heart is breaking every day that his son's not there. And it's breaking just to think about the, his son's action, what he did, and how horrible it was, and the loss of the relationship. It says in verse 20, So he got up and he went to his father. He got up and went to his father. Maybe you've done some things that you're ashamed of, said some things that you can't unsay. It says in verse 20, But while he, the son, was still a very long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. He ran to his son. In this culture, there were a few different things that went on. Men did not run ever. Uh, and they did not wear shorts as another one, but there are a lot of different things. Um, in this culture, men never ran. And so this was considered undignified by someone that they just wouldn't do that. It's considered undignified, and he sprints when he sees his son on the horizon. This dad loves his son so much that he can't wait to be near him, and he doesn't care what people think. He's running. The second thing that we can do to experience Jesus the Father is to enjoy a relationship instead of just following rules. Enjoy a relationship instead of just following rules. There are two sons in the story that we're talking about, an older brother who heard the commotion outside when the younger brother showed back up. Also, by the way, older brother super hates younger brother already before he even did this. But younger brother shows up and there's a commotion. Older brother hears it and he sees what's going on and he is wildly angry. And he refuses to talk to his younger brother. He refuses to go into a party that they're going to hold for the younger brother since he returned. He said, no party for me. You didn't ever make a party for me. I've been doing the right thing this entire time. He runs off and does this and spends all the money and you're throwing him a party. You've never even let me have a goat for me and my friends, is what he says. Party goat. <laughs> and he's just feeling that thing, like what is going, and maybe uh, you're, you have a bunch of siblings, and how about that youngest one that gets away with freaking everything? And you're like, what? I was never allowed to do that. The older son, he never left. He never drifted away from his father. But the older son, even though he was obedient, he wasn't close with his dad. He was physically present, but his heart was far from his dad. Uh, it, it's possible that you haven't left um, your dad. It's possible that you haven't left God the Father. But you drifted. And maybe you were following the rules and you were playing the game. You were kind of checking the, bo the boxes to say, well, I've been going to church, but some, it's somewhere you lost your closeness. Proximity doesn't equal intimacy. 
The way we can experience joy and experience Jesus the Father, we can take a step towards the Father and we can enjoy relationship instead of rules. The third thing uh, that I believe is kind of critical, you need to bring someone with you. Bring someone with you. Um, Heaven rejoices, angels sing, God throws a party. It says when one sinner repents, that there's a party thrown in heaven. Don't just be you. You better be bringing some people. You're going to be bumping into people in heaven. Some people are going to be bumping into you that you had no idea because of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon (laughs) that you are actually the reason why they gave their life to Christ. And they'll be able to give you that information there that I had no idea what, well, because they overheard you having a conversation at the grocery store and it started the whole thing, whatever it is. But bring somebody with you. How many of us have said, well, I wouldn't be here today if, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my wife and my, my in-laws um, who just led me through the, I wouldn't be here today. And so we have this connection where they just, they brought somebody they brought somebody with them where they, they told me about their God, that his love is perfect, that nothing you could ever do can make him love you any less, any more, I guess. Nothing you could ever do would make him love you any less. He loves you with perfect love. And so no matter what, no matter why you left, maybe, if you left, some of you might be coming back. You're like, I don't know, I'll see. No matter why you left, no matter where you went, no matter what you've done, no matter if you've eaten slop, no matter what you become, God is inviting you to come home. God the Father is waiting, waiting for the son, waiting for the daughter to pop over that hill so that he can sprint towards you and grab you. It says, put a a ring of significance on your finger and hug you, hug you harder than anybody's been hugged. He's waiting to forgive you. He's waiting to love you. The journey starts with just a step towards him. Your loving heavenly father has been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you. He's running towards you. He's ready to forgive you, ready to take you back, ready to throw a party for you. Because he loves you. He just loves you. I know. Isn't that nice? And he does, he does, he does, he does. Oh my goodness. Many dads, I know there are some dads in the room. Um, From my conversation with many dads all the time, I do believe that the majority of fathers uh, believe that they're not good fathers. The majority of fathers believe that they're not good fathers. There are some that absolutely, they're like, yeah, I'm a good dad. But the majority do not feel that way because they're disappointed in themselves. Uh, They're they're remembering when they were angry and screamed at a tiny kid. Um, They're, you know, when some of us were, we had stuff happen to us when we were kids and maybe it wasn't even 
a big deal, but for some reason it really got us, like it really traumatized us in some way, or it's just something that we remember, and it's a wound, it's a wound from dad. When we know that, we kind of know when we're wounding our kids now. And so um, I'm bringing that up because I want to pray a specific blessing over the dads that are in this room. Uh, Any dads who are here, if you wouldn't mind standing up so that we could pray for you. Um, And if you would just extend a hand towards them. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would give these fathers favor and glory and blessings in a way that they have not seen before. I pray that there would be new relationships, new levels of relationship, new conversations, new goals, new traditions with their kids. I pray that you would bring them to the place that when the question is asked, are you a good father, that they would say, absolutely. We pray that anything that has happened, any damage, any sins, uh, any, any just fractures of the relationship, that you would be healing that. You'd be putting it back together. Lord, we thank you for our dads, and we thank you that you're our heavenly Father who can lead us through any possible thing, even if we don't have our dad around. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for being a good father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day. I will see all of you soon. I hope you have a good week. Oh, thank you. Thanks. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.